0: This is The Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to The Comedy Kiosk, a podcast
1: in which we discuss news, opinions, and ideas about comedy. I'm David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. And today's topic is about community versus competition or and competition. One of those. It's. Community and competition
0: within comedy. So, Igor, uh, this is sort of your uh, brainchild. Why are we doing this one? Well, the idea for this came when I understood that I need to start looking at the community of stand-up from two sides. As I'm both a comedian, a performer, as well as an organizer, producer. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I found myself in this kind of dual role, Mm -hmm. which is quite challenging to to play sometimes and to balance as you know, they say there are no friends in business So as a producer, as an organizer, I always have to look at it like that. But of course, there is a community and I'm a part of this community. And, uh, you know, I perform here and I know the people that do as well. And I started thinking about that and not only about our situation, our scene here in Moscow, Russia, but also the international and global community and the, the ways that we can either help each other grow and, you know, Build this whole thing together, or that we can just pull the rug underneath someone and, you know, like just uh, climb to the top, going through everyone else on the way and, there can be only
1: one Highlander
0: yeah if that's obviously there can be more than one comic so you know it's not that kind of strict competition but in a way uh, yes there are definitely situations where you can either help someone or refuse to help someone based on what does it do for you you know are yeah. you more uh are you looking for success or are you looking for friendship and so on so I just thought it or would are you be a lone wolf a lone wolf who goes
1: into the stage and and prowls prowls the stage stalks the stage yeah you
0: know a lone wolf you say (laughs) yeah a lone wolf (laughs) or are you a lone wolf right so the first thing i wanted to discuss is support so Mm. as it's a community especially here since we have quite a restricted pool of comedians and we all know each other and uh, we are all kind of present at most shows and before shows we hang out after shows we go for drinks etc And it's been like some people come and go, some people stay since the actual inception of English comedy in Moscow. They've been around. So we kind of formed a team, I would say, even. And uh, so I would say that there is some level of support. So let's start with the local and then move our way to kind of global uh, framework. Right. So regarding the local scene and support, do you think that we are actually like a team? Do you think we work together towards a common goal do you feel this sense of uh, let's say community and so on support
1: Ooh, actually this is this is different because i think it's changed i i really think it, it has changed especially um with the scene that we're both in sort of thing i think in the beginning it was much more things were more free form in the past and so I think the connections were in a way a bit more maybe genuine or something like that. It just felt like, you know, we just hang around. And yeah, like you said, we'd go for drinks afterwards. Like we hang around at the bar after the show is finished. And we'd stay there for an extra two, three hours, get drunk together, you know, laugh and stuff like that. But I think the way the club is set up now, because in a way it's gotten more professional, it's kind of lost that sort of spontaneity that it had before. And I think a lot of the people now, when they finish their sets, they just go home or they go to the next place where they can perform or something like that. I think that's a kind of a little bit of an issue that we have. Like in a way, it's it's like anything like the more professional you get, the less informal it becomes. So I will just say that I think it, it has changed over time. But I think there is support there. Uh, we've tried, like we've set up workshops and things like that, you know, for writing and things but I noticed they're very hit and miss like they they will work for a little while and then people will be like oh I'm busy I've got other stuff to do so I don't know I I think it's sort of changing over time and, and in some ways it's you know positives and negatives I think it's more better
0: structured these days but I think it has lost a little bit of the spontaneity and the so you would say circle. it's become less of a community and a group of friends just having fun and more of, let's say, a, a business yeah. and uh, and and basically a platform to actually get some gigs, get some spots, earn some money, grow, develop and stuff like this, but less about hanging out and just having fun with your friends.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has. I mean, I don't even remember the last time I, I really kind of like just... After a show, just gone, hey, let's go for a drink, or you know, let's just hang out. I don't remember the last time. I mean, I do, I do remember it. Uh, I think it was you, me, and there was a couple of
0: other guys, and we went to um, rural tap room, sort of thing, and that was a while back now. I think I think there are two major factors playing into uh, your view on things. Mm. First of all, I think the situation with the pandemic and stuff. Sure. We really, because for a while, actually for about three, four months here in Moscow, we had this curfew, all bars and, and places uh, had to close at 11. So we would actually kind of rush the show to finish the show and then just scatter around, go home because there was nowhere else to go and stuff like this. Then for, we had a couple of lockdowns and I think since the first, the the long lockdown, the, the first initial lockdown that, that lasted for about four or five months, I think here in Moscow, we also partially lost that sense of community because people were just sitting at home and even the online virtual shows we did were just Zoom meetings and stuff Mm -hmm. like this. So I think that plays into that as well. And also I think you have changed and stopped attending such hangouts because you have also, I think, moved on to some, let's say, personal Changes in life—you've stopped drinking, stopped smoking, as I know, and stuff—and you can't have fun without those. <laughs> that's, you know, I killed the fun. I just, killed my own. fun Now you're just a boring old man. Yeah. You know, so that's, married guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plus, you got married and stuff. Yeah. So. But
1: no, I mean, I, the thing is, I noticed this before the pandemic, though. I noticed it was starting to go that way. Like it was people hanging out. Less of things and yeah no I've got to admit part of it is me actually like I, I do know that it was still happening without me you know people were still getting together but it, I've noticed that the groups got smaller before it was a very much like after show we'd all just hang out like even if you barely knew the comedians we'd all be like one massive group and people were interacting back and forth and you might meet someone new or whatever like I don't know it was just much more Informal in that way. And I think one, it's to do with the venues where we were performing. We didn't have that bar right next to it, which is like always the plus and minuses. Shit during a show when you've got someone like got a bar right behind you or right in front of you, mixing drinks and you know turning the bloody blender on while you're trying to do your set. But at the same time, once you finish a show, the bar is right there. Everyone runs to it and gets a drink or whatever. Even if you're not drinking, you could still, you know, everyone hangs around and wants to chat afterwards. I think we kind of lost a uh, because of the venues we've had as well. I think that's been lost a bit. That that's kind of forced it in a different direction. Um, I think also because yeah, we we do have a more professional sort of uh, outlook on, uh, especially with Steelers Show. Like you know, it has much more of a okay, let's get gigs, let's have a high standard. And I think that sometimes takes away maybe the the fun aspect for some of the communities. They feel that it's kind of too serious, maybe for some of them. Like you know, they're not they're not wanting to focus that hard you know what i mean i mean it's just yeah different people have different kind of things and i think for some of them they're just like yeah they just see it as the paid job they just see it as the okay this is the gig where i get to practice and then i go home like or i go then hang out to hang out with my friends
0: well i'm not sure about this because i think actually in the last maybe year year and a half you missed a lot of hangouts i know especially when we just opened the still to show uh our own club and it was summer and besides our own room and our own space now we had also the upstairs terrace of this whole cluster of bars and we we first especially 2 3 months we spent a lot of time in that basement just hanging out there after the shows, playing yeah. some silly like drinking games, even playing poker and stuff, just hanging out and then moving to the bar. It was summer and, you know, it was that kind of mindset of let's like, just chill and have fun. True. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I think maybe recently you have just missed some of those. Awesome. But I agree that the community has definitely changed since the early days, because mm. in the early days there was also a very small number of. Kind of residents, but yeah. permanent members of the community. So there were maybe eight, 10. 10- permanent members of the community and then just some people who showed up and left like they did one show but there were like let's say eight ten people who always did shows and uh, you would know that they will be at every show and there was like now it's you know it's it's a bigger pool of comics not huge but i would say 15 20 comedians that perform and some of them perform exclusively on i don't know tuesdays some of them only on saturdays because they can't make it to Fridays, some of them only on fridays we have some comedians that perform regularly in russian but show up occasionally on English shows yeah. and stuff like this. So I think the the community the 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 comedians are more diverse mm-hmm. and it's really hard to say oh yes they are. There is still some let's call them residents like yeah. regulars who perform on all or most of kind of big important uh, shows, weekend shows, etc. But I would say it's it's more kind of drop in, drop out system yeah. than than like a fixed group of people who are there to perform every weekend. Uh, so would you say that if we talk about the scene in Moscow? And I don't know, have you been to any or are you aware of like the Russian stand-up community? No, no, I'm not. No. So as for the Russian stand I think it's a quite a different, I think it's, it's it's a very, let's say, vivid example of how, what community is and how it can be. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, when you look at our English stand-up community, there is still, let's say, 15, 20 of us who can kind of do a show. It doesn't matter if it's an open mic, if it's some kind of feature show, whatever, but let's say 15, 20 people. And that's why we still to an extent all know each other Mm. And it's more that kind of atmosphere. And you mentioned uh, we occasionally have some workshops, we have some meetings, we have some, you know, like just hangouts where we all just spend time or we work on something together and so on. Because the common idea is to produce good good shows, good entertainment. That's the common idea. Because there is virtually no competition, as in we all know that at the end of the day, we can all get our five, seven, ten minutes at the weekend show, basically, and no one's going to pick us up for like... TV or for Netflix or for anything because for TV because English stand-up has no place on Russian TV besides maybe some kind of voiceover gigs, acting gigs and so on. But this is not like stand-up purely. And on the other hand, there is no way there will be a Netflix agent sitting in a 50-people room (laughs) in the basement of Moscow. Right? It just doesn't happen. So we understand that there is no, let's say, there are no stakes. Yeah. So it's all kind of chill and cool. In Russian stand-up, there are very high stakes yeah. because the end game is getting to tv for yes. example getting that contract getting that offer to become to record your special to become a tv comic to work with a label to work with a production company and so on mm-hmm. and that's why there is community but there is also competition and competition is much much more visible and i would say more prominent than in yes than in english and and
1: and I was going to say one of the questions I wanted to ask earlier do you think this is a natural progression where because you know we're talking about the beginning of a scene like I was saying before like in the beginning it was a bit different but it's like all these scenes I mean is this the same thing that happened for example in England or in America like 50, 70 years ago when you know stand-up comedy was becoming a thing was this is this how it started as well was it just a bunch of people all just doing whatever they wanted you know sitting around having drinks and maybe it goes through ebbs and flows but the bigger the scene becomes or more people like when you have only like you said eight regulars compared to when you have 20 regulars and then the 20 regulars kind of spread out between different clubs like you know for example for me my home base is predominantly Steel the show but occasionally I might do something with uh you know Ivan for stand up store and or I might decide to do like usually only once or twice a year I'll go to Jim and Jack's and do something there but I mean my predominant place is at steal the show because it's comfortable for me but the thing is like Everyone has like, I know some people are more predominantly Jim and Jack's. There have been people who I've seen into the group chats that I'm in and I'm like, who the hell is that person? I've never seen them perform. And then I find out, oh, because they perform pretty much almost exclusively at Jim and Jack's. And if they perform at Steal the Show, they perform on a night like a Tuesday where I don't see them. So I'm like, I've never seen these comedians. Like, who are these people who are entering the competition or whatever? And be like, oh, they've been doing it for three years. What? And that's what I mean, it's becoming slowly bigger and bigger that there are people that you do miss now I've noticed. Like there are people who you don't see and. And when getting bigger, does that mean the competition starts becoming a bigger percentage of it? Like in the beginning, it was just friendly competition. It's just like who had a good night that night? Because we're all learning. We're all figuring out what to do. But now it's sort of like, okay, there are some people who've been doing it for a few years. You know, within our stable of comedians who perform at Steal the Show, we've got a couple of good comedians, some international, some who've done actual proper, you know, uh, paid gigs and and have done some television spots and things like that. We have these types of people where now it's a different level of competition. Maybe we're starting to go in that direction, like you were saying, towards more the Russian where the Russians are at for Russian stand up, you know, which in a way I suppose the Russian stand up here, even though it may have started at the same time or a bit earlier, a bit later. But it's progressed faster because it's the native language here, of course. There's more people, more people want to do it. But, I mean, we're kind of a bit stunted because we're not – you know, we've only – we've got – we have the brakes on because we we don't do it in Russian. We do it in English in Russia. But maybe this is the exact same thing that happened in in London, Edinburgh, uh, in what's it called, in New York, in Los Angeles, in, in Toronto, uh, and all these different places, in Vancouver – they're just Glasgow, Dublin, Belfast. And I'm just naming names now. <laughs> Melbourne, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Uh, yes, no, and same thing. The Australian comedy scene also has a bit of the breaks because of this whole thing of it's a smaller community, like the cities aren't quite as big, but they also probably, I'm guessing, going through the exact same thing. Is this just a natural progress? Is this just
0: evolution? Well, I think first thing is what you've mentioned is that we are all kind of centered around the same club, more mm. or less, uh, all English-speaking comics, perform at the same club, like 80% of them at least, and 80% yeah. of the time, which means that we, it's very easy for us to like cross paths and to see each other there yeah. and stuff like this. Well, of course, the Russian scene is much bigger there. And now, I guess four or already maybe five just stand-up clubs Mm -hmm. in Moscow, Russian stand-up clubs. And then basically every bar also has a open mic or some kind of weekend show or whatever. Plus that's just Moscow, the rest of the country, almost every bigger Russian city also now has a dedicated stand-up club and stuff like this. So Mm -hmm. it means that the market is bigger, the demand and supply is bigger, which then leads to obviously competition because that means that there is money in it. That means that there are possibilities in it and Mm -hmm. a way to grow develop and that means that at some point it's going to be either you or me like we can be friends and we can perform together every day but once a year there is this audition for quite a popular TV program which is kind of uh, less comic standing but Mm -hmm. Russian version like a TV open mic where they compete to get a deal with the biggest TV production house that that does all this like stand-up specials and stuff and once they go there it's Mm -hmm. pure competition they select I don't know 20 people and it's 20 it can be me or you Or we can both get in, but then only one is the winner. So in the finals, it's going to be me or you. And that's why, obviously, there is competition, which we don't have. Other thing is just evolution, of course. Again, it's just 20 of us. If it becomes 50 or 100 or 500 in 5, 10 years, 500 Mm -hmm. English-speaking comics in Russia, Then there's going to be competition because there's going to be, I don't know, three shows a week, but 500 comics that want to perform.
1: Yeah. And maybe there'll be like, you know, uh, four clubs and still that's limited numbers. Like, you know, not everyone can get a get a spot. But do you think also another thing I was thinking of, do you think do you think we're starting to get to have maybe a generation thing now, like generations of comics? Like one thing I remember when. When I've listened to other comedians, especially those in, in uh, Great Britain, when they discuss the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and you hear, for example, on Stuart Goldsmith's podcast, the Comedians Comedian podcast, when he talks about, oh, uh, you know, his group of comedian friends, they all generally started at Edinburgh at the same time. It's almost like it's almost like high school or school, like with the graduating year of 96, with the graduating year of 2010. It's... It's when you, but for them, it's when they started doing Edinburgh and they started hanging around, so like hanging out. So it's like, oh, I started uh, back, in, you know, nineteen ninety-five. Oh, all right, so I went up with, you know, this comedian, that comedian, you know, and they stay in contact. They become like a, they reunite. It's like a reunion every year. And yes, yeah, some of them, they're all around the same group. But then you get the new batch. So, for example, the two thousand and ten comedians, they're the young people who've been doing it for, maybe for ten years at Edinburgh. Then you got the ones who can't start in the twenty twenties. There's a whole generational thing. And I'm wondering, are we starting to see that? Do you think we're starting to see that here? Or now we're still all still beginners and we're all still kind of the same level and no one is kind of. Old school, new school. I think
0: we are, and that's another thing that, as you mentioned, that we are here now centered, all English-speaking comics, around one kind of club and organization mostly. Mm. I think it's also the same thing internationally and globally because people that do Edinburgh every year, of course there is a community of people. People that I know a lot of uh, British comics, they actually kind of came up together. As you said, as one generation, one group of friends. I don't know, like uh, now quite famous TV Personas, even not Mm -hmm. only comics, but there are different hosts of different stuff and so on. Like uh, John Richardson, uh, Josh Whittacombe and so on. They lived Mm -hmm. together when they were uh, young comics, aspiring comics. Uh, People like Nish Kumar, James A. Caster, Ed Gamble. They're actual friends, like real life friends. They hang out and so on because they came up together and they're that same generation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, a lot of uh, New York comics, obviously, like from Comedy Cellar, for example, Mm -hmm. LA Comics, etc. They're like one one squad like yeah. one crew right because yeah, they because came up have- through the same club at the same time and they exactly they meet and they become friends and so on but and then it grows to something different it grows to actual profession and business and potential for money and stuff and this is i think where you either make it or break it as kind of friends and colleagues and stuff mm-hmm. which we haven't reached yet and i think that's why we're still more or less kind of a community that sticks together rather than someone just uh, breaking away and achieving something. But I do see some generations, definitely, like mm. we had for first two, three years, I would say, Again, that solidified team, crew of comics, which then kind of dispersed. Some people stayed, but then a new generation formed. Then two, three years later after that, again, some people dropped out, some people stayed, some people moved away, new people joined. And now we have, I would say, something like third generation of comics, English-speaking comics in Moscow. But let's not talk about only about Moscow. Let's talk about international community as well. So... First of all, I would just mention, for example, and we talked about this before, you've traveled across Russia a bit and you've mm-hmm. looked for places where to perform in English <laughs> some some years ago. And uh, you can yeah. you can hear more about that in one of our uh, very early episodes. I guess it was uh, building a stand-up scene, maybe? Possibly, uh, yeah. So basically, we talked about how easy or hard it is to actually establish some connections and start performing in a new place. And David told us his story about traveling through Siberia and asking different organizers and, and local uh, producers to give him a spot, to give me, to give him a chance to do a stand-up in English. I think I applied for
1: about six or seven or something. Got one yes. One. One yes. Got, I think, altogether two, three responses and one
0: Yes. So, and <laughs> and you had a great show and they loved it and they were oh, yeah. thrilled by it as well. Oh, yeah. And we do some sh- cities around Moscow as well, other parts of Russia. We've done St. Petersburg, I would say, more or less regularly. And then some other shows, Rizan, Voronezh, uh, Yaroslav, Volodya, etc., where we work with some local producers and organizers. Mm-hmm. And this is because they are just open-minded and ready to support this idea, ready to have us, yep. etc. But we've reached out to some other places. I remember I reached out to organizers in tula
1: mm-hmm.
0: and never never even like i saw that they read the message never even got an answer yeah, not what the even hell is like with that not even a sorry we're not interested yeah, at the moment. just come th- 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 on th- a th- little you. common courtesy thank you but it's not gonna work here uh, yeah. we don't understand english and don't want to have any part in this whatever oh, like no. just you know but nothing so i've uh. definitely experienced when i traveled around europe i've experienced <laughs> some amazing cases of let's say Kindness, community support, where people actually let me into their homes and houses and let me sleep on their couch while I was traveling and performing and borrowing cetera.
1: their silverware, which you just never returned. And yeah, sleeping with for sleeping your with, with their wives. Yeah, you know, very. It's, it's a very very giving, very very giving community.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, really, and uh, you know, I, I felt this really feeling that I can go anywhere in the world and find some comics, and we would find a common tongue, and we would kind of share the same stories and be friends. Purely on basis on being the same kind of people.
1: Sorry, I was thinking you were saying sharing the same. I thought you were gonna say sharing the same tongue. I'm like, well, like we have detachable limbs now. We just take, hey,
0: move my tongue for your performance. Oh, thank you. Your tongue is better than mine. Don't you? Don't you make out with other comics? <laughs> I commonly share my tongue. In the, it's the community, David. That's the whole point. Sharing is caring in the community.
1: Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Uh,
0: did I, wait. Do I keep saying community? I want to say commune. Commune. Um, yeah. Anyways, comrades. Anyways, <laughs> communism
1: uh, <laughs> is that where we're going here?
0: Yeah. Uh, as a country, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as a podcast as well, <clears throat> we're not, we're not going to discuss that one. Uh, this may be listened
1: to in the future. we going to say that uh, everything is a uh, democracy, and we all have our fair voice, and uh, everything's
0: good. Everything's good, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm slowly muting David <laughs> yeah. as he speaks. <laughs> slowly. Taking the volume down. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I've experienced really, really amazing acts of, let's say, kindness and friendship and support Mm. from comedians across Europe where I performed. And really, they have gone out of their way to help me organize shows, to help promote it, to help us get more people into those rooms, to even offer us things such as accommodation or food or something like this, which, you know, you don't have to do as a producer. If I would try to book a show, and I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but if I would try to book a show somewhere with a producer in, I don't know, States... Probably what I would get is be there at 8, you have time till 10, this is how how much you get paid. If it's an actual producer, not just some dudes organizing an open mic. But I feel like there is this also sense of community around Europe, for example, because a lot of European-based comics, they travel from Mm -hmm. place to place. And it's that kind of quid pro quo, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing where I come to your city and perform. Three months later, you come to my city and perform Mm -hmm. and we both help each other and we both organize stuff for each other. But I really felt this, and especially during online shows, which you've done as well with us plenty, with us and with some other organizers. I felt this sense of community because it turns out that really comics from all around the world are basically the same. (laughs) And I remember we had some shows. Desperate
1: for attention and
0: needy, needy little fuckers. Yeah, but I would say the same kind of mindset. And that's why I think it's easy for for us to make friends with other comics because you have that same mindset. You're ready for banter. You're yeah. okay with some kind of, you know, small roasts and, and, uh, you can talk about, you see the world in the same way. You usually criticize the same things. You're usually people that are not quite conservative, that are not quite close-minded, etc., like uh, yeah. stuff like this. So I remember one of our online shows in basically 10 minutes after it started, it turned into a roast. Where every comic was that with Dylan? We called it. I called him Trailer Trash, Tintin. Yeah, it was. It, was his name Dylan? Was it? Maybe something like that. Yeah, maybe. So there were people from all around the world. So there was definitely bulgaria there was canada there was was, states there was was uk there was india this is what i know for sure and there were a bunch of us from from moscow which are also from other parts of the world and the show just quickly derailed and turned into like uh, so basically you would do your first two minutes roasting everyone else on zoom like hey your house looks like uh (laughs) this or what's what are you wearing or uh what's that behind you and this kind of stuff was i hosting I don't know, but yeah. it was it was hilarious. Yeah. I remember, and we all just had a good time, just yeah. like kind of good bands, yeah. good fun, just like uh, little roast of each other, yeah. all in good spirit. Of course, there was no one like you know insulting, offended, yeah, being no. rude. It was just small kind of yeah. jabs and and you know like pokes at each other. Yeah. So I think this is a real kind of sign of community where you share that common mindset and, and common understanding mm-hmm. of okay, we're all in this for the same purpose and reason. Of course, there is no, again, no competition between me and a comic from the UK and a comic from India. So that's why we can also keep it in kind of, a, a, in good spirit, right? And, yeah. and keep it uh, light and keep it bright. But what happens when things go dark? So I would say that not always we have nice support and nice friendship and so on, but there is also to an extent some toxicity, I think in this business, because first of all, it is a business industry, Can right? Be, yeah. And uh, again, as both the organizer, producer, and a comic, I see it from both sides, mm-hmm. and I understand a lot of feedback. I understand a lot of criticism, but on the other hand, sometimes you know, as a comedian booked by other organizers, I'm thinking, "Oh, what are you doing? Why are you doing it this way? I would do it so much better because mm-hmm. I know how to do it." Because I've been doing it for, I don't know, five years. Yeah. Then, as an organizer, I see a comic and I think, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I, I'm paying you for this or I booked you for this and now you're doing this, you know? And it's always a very, very particular kind of dual role and balance I have to try to find as both sides. So, as a kind of a member of the performers mostly, of the performer circuit. Yeah. Right? And as you said, you performed in a bunch of different venues and we talked about different kind of venue owners that we worked with, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is some kind of toxicity and signs of, I would say, competition or anything that uh, you have encountered that you remember from your experience? What are some negative sides and bad sides of the comedy community? Well, it- It can be like when things aren't
1: organized well enough where people are – they just – There's no clear vision sometimes where you're just like, well, what exactly is happening? What is the show? Sometimes that can be kind of uh, annoying in that sense because you're not sure where you're situated, whether that's um, because the comedians aren't listening properly or whether because the organisers haven't got a clear idea and then when they present it, it's sort of people interpret it in different ways. So that can be a, a negative sort of stuff. But when it comes to toxicity, it might be like jealousy or something like that where it can be where... You could see maybe comedians are taking things way too personally, or things like that, or even organizers or anyone, just people in general, can sometimes take things too personally and maybe get their feelings a little bit hurt. Because at the end of the day, like you said, we can have fun roast, we can have fun banter, but sometimes it might go a little bit too far. Uh, It can happen. Uh, Or it could be that you're just not in the mood for it that day. You know, there's no safe word where you can just say cool bananas. And then that means everyone basically goes, oh, right, you're not in the, you know, that kind of comedy banter mood tonight, fair enough. Like, you know, let's ease off that person, uh, which would probably be nice um, sometimes. Maybe so we
0: should think of a safe word. Yeah. Which yeah. is stop. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. no. No means no. All right. I don't know why people even invented the concept of safe words. It's like, is stop because not clear
1: enough? Some, some people like to say stop but really mean yes, I guess. Like, I'm guessing it's for those people
0: who yeah, have but those kind you, of fantasies. But then you make up a different word and agree on it that it actually means stop. Well, that's
1: so a just, safe word so yeah. now stop is no longer stop instead it's cool bananas is stop for example
0: yeah so was why why have we taken a word that already had its function then we negated that function of that word because we but want then to we play came up- with the idea of negating that to, to be be contradicted all right anyways yeah. I think it's actually a good proposal to make a safe word in the stand-up community yeah. where like you know I'm not, I'm not I'm not up for any banter or roasts or I don't know even kind of Turning everything into a joke or or something yeah, yeah. like this today. So you know, like it's like don't talk to me like I'm a comedian. Talk to me like I'm
1: a normal person, yeah, stand, like I'm a punter. Stand down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stand down. That could be it. Like stand down. Like I'm standing down. I'm not doing stand up. I'm standing down. Thank you very
0: much. Stand down. Appreciate uh, you catching that little pun. Yep, Thank you. Yep.
1: uh So yeah, no, I'll go with that. So that can happen. It could also be. I mean, I know, like for example, here in Moscow, there were some divisions. Clubs split. There were some, uh and anim- I don't know about animosity, but there was definitely some, maybe some hurt feelings some egos there there was also some issues of you know where on a certain issues people stood and things like that and I think for a while there things got things got a little maybe acrid around the the center comedy scene in, in Moscow and I know some comedians kind of felt that they weren't involved but it was being imposed upon them things like that so I think sometimes when yeah, cuz you know when there's a divide in a group. I mean, I think it's all come together now, finally. But it did there was a couple of years there where it was just sort of like there was this feeling where some comedians didn't feel comfortable or whatever. Um so I think there's that sort of uh toxicity there that can happen.
0: Um, I, I think it comes from two things. One you've mentioned is ego mm-hmm. because I think Comedians by default have an ego that is quite bigger than regular person's ego Uh, because the whole idea is I want to be on stage. I want people to see me and hear me. I want to have the microphone and the spotlight, right? And when that ego is in some way hurt, Mm -hmm. it can lead to some quite ugly, I would say, emotions, right? And so when you, for example, when you believe that you're the funniest person in the room, Mm. And then someone else proves to be more popular with the people. Yeah. And you try to come up with the reasons why this person is, oh, that's probably not their joke. Or, ah, that's they're using a hack, as we yeah. talked about on one of our last episodes. And maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. I don't know. But it's it's not, all, oh, or when you like count, oh, I didn't get as many laughs as I expected. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't get five applause breaks this time, but I did last time. Yeah. And things like this. When you start, like when you when your ego suffers, I've seen it lead to some quite ugly emotions and, and jealousy and yeah. resentment and so on. The second one I would say is creativity mm. because it's a very creative kind of industry, yeah. right? And when people pe- when people feel that someone is limiting that creativity, they can lash out, mm. but they don't understand that on the, on the other, for them it's creativity, but for every organizer or producer, it's a business, right? So exactly. you can't just have People coming up on stage, especially at a paid show, especially at a well-run venue that needs to pay like rent, staff, whatever, not just some open mic in a, you know, whatever, in a a basement of a bar. But, you know, when it's a business that you just can't just come up on stage and just, I don't know, insult every audience member, take a shit on the stage and leave, you know, and expect to be invited again and that no one is going to limit you in your creativity or censor you or say, okay, you've done that once, I warned you. You've done that twice, I banned you for a month. You've done that three times. I'm sorry. There is no more place for you on these shows. Yeah. And then people get offended and they get like, oh, really? That's so unfair. You're trying to limit my freedom and creativity and you're being a, a content Nazi. Yeah. You know, which is like, oh, come on, really? Like use your kind of common sense.
1: Yeah, I think and I think this is where the it's the This is where the generational thing also comes in. You know, um I think like when, you, when you're a young comic, you want to do, you just want to play around with it. You just want to, you know, try weird, crazy things. Sometimes, you know, you can see some of these young comics, they're, they're coming in with these, and I don't think it's absolutely brilliant, like, you know, just trying different stuff, different sense of humor, different styles of comedy. And some of them just warped and twist. And you're like, what the hell? And yeah, and there's a lot of hit and miss in the beginning. But then eventually you see them find their, their solution. But the thing is, at that point, they want as much creative freedom as possible. Well, on the other hand, if you're running a show like you're saying, you end up with a situation where it's like, that's great. And we have that for, like, for example, a Tuesday night or whatever. Like, you know, so we have that moment. But here on this show that we've asked you to, you need to try to go more this direction sort of thing. While in other venues, you might have more the whole everything is always free and open. Um, Because when you get to the generation, like once you've been doing it for a while, I think a lot of comedians, not all of them, but a lot of them start going into a more like I want a more consistency rate. I want to, you know, I'm trying to hone my skills at that point. So... I think that could be also another issue as well, like where different angles, what different shows you're going for. And this is where community can kind of, and the support and everything can start being kind of pulled apart a little bit because of competition. Um, because you know, if you have different venues they're each trying to vie for audience, uh, it can also be a, a case of competition amongst the comedians themselves. Um, and it can be a case of like you were saying ego and all the rest, like it depends on how you take it. Um, like some people, when they see a comedian, another comedian do better, they take it as i I've got to beat that person in an aggressive sort of way. That's the, how they handle it. Or in a more of a jealousy sort of base way. Or you can be the kind of person who sees someone who's better and go, ooh, I've got competition. And you can see it as like, ooh, this is someone who I've got to, you know, go for. Like, you know, I've got to try to beat them, but if I don't, it's the goalpost. It's that friendly competition where, you know, your frenemy or whatever you want to call it, you know, where people, two people compete against each other, but they help each other out actually, you know they they even willingly will tell the other person, oh, like man, like you know, you go up to the person, man, you had a better gig, and they go, Yeah, yeah. But that bit that you did, if you did this, that would kill. Like they they actually want to help you. And I think that's the other thing is people wanting to help. The the attitude of the comedians when it comes to support and competition. Uh criticism, I think, is a big thing. How do you criticize um how do you give advice, things like that, um, whether it's accepted, it's welcome or not. I think that's also another issue when it comes to that sort of thing, because competition can be great. It can be healthy if you go in it with the right attitude. It can actually really help you grow as a comedian. Uh, it can give you that kind of that push, that sort of thing that makes you improve your game. It's it's like when you end up with professional sports people who move to bigger clubs and professional clubs, and they may not even gets uh for example a lot of professionals will talk about like when they change scene their game improves a lot more when they go to like a professional circuit you can see how like this builds because that competition there another great example for example a lot of actors as well like a lot of these australian actors who are now big international for example like guy pierce if you saw him in australia in neighbors that guy was shit like it was horrible i cannot sorry excuse me guy pierce is australian yeah so Guy Pearce is Australian. He used to be in an Australian soap called Neighbours, one of the longest-running soaps. Is that the one where uh, Nicole Kidman was in as well, I guess? Uh, no, that was where Kylie Minogue was. Oh, Kylie Minogue, yeah. And yeah. Jason Donovan, who's another Australian actor. Who And the thing is, when they were on it, they were all crap, typical 80s bad acting. But when, for example, Guy Pearce, all of a sudden I saw him in, what was it, Mulholland Drive or something like that, and I'm like... This this is not the same guy. When did he learn how to act? I mean, he'd been doing freaking neighbours for ten years and he never got any better. And then all of a sudden he's in America and he's just brilliant. And it's with a lot of these actors, like Chris Hemsworth is another example of that. You know, he was in another Australian teen soap drama series and uh, called Home and Away. And all of a sudden you see him now and he's like, actually he's good. And it's a lot of a lot of these actors when they went international. Why? Because they went to a higher league. They went to a professional league. And when a professional league, you do lose a little bit of that community. Competition becomes more important. But it, depending on some people thrive on it and some people hate it, and and criticize it. So yeah, yeah.
0: I would say that's yeah very much uh, based on your approach and motivation. I would say mm. so. If your approach is correct. And if your motivation is, let's say, pure, honest, right? So I think competition is a good thing. And I think both like community can help you, but competition can also help you because you understand. And there is that kind of friendly competition, right? And positive criticism and uh, constructive criticism that also exists within a community and within a competitive market as well, Mm -hmm. which I think can only help you grow, develop and become a better performer and comic. And there is, of course, just toxicity in which people are just tearing each other apart and just uh, gossiping behind each other's backs and saying like ugly, nasty shit just because uh, they, you know, that's not the right motivation. That's not the right. And I think the problem is, for example, here in Moscow, that a lot of comics see things very short term. Because it's yeah. for them, it's just some fun. It's just some, you know, just something to do, which is okay. But you have to then understand your motivation while you're doing it, and then understand motivation of other people as well, like organizers, for example. Yeah. Uh, so not just look at things through your kind of point of view and prism that you have, but actually kind of try to be a little bit more open-minded because. Yeah, things are bigger than just you and your 5 minutes or 10 minutes or, or 20 minutes. And I think this is kind of hard for so even comics. as a host, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So but on the other hand as an organizer, you have to look that things are bigger than just you and your vision of this project because you have to take into consideration every comedian and their like let's say needs, their vision, their yeah. creative freedom and so on. So yeah, it's a challenging thing, but I would say that th- this is where the actual Community and support, and I would say friendship steps in. And at this point, uh, just shout out to some people who, over the years, were amazing kind of comedy buddies and who I really depended on. And without those people, I don't think I would be here today. First and foremost, this is Oleg Denisov, the guy who kind of co co-run, runs English stand up with me in the for the past three four years. But while I'm kind of the the you know the creative genius behind <laughs> <laughs> behind a lot of the, the mm-hmm, projects mm-hmm, and ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's the one that actually does the work, which I respect so much because he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's not afraid to actually go out in the world. Where all the dead
1: bodies underneath the clubs that we've owned are proof of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not easy dealing with the, the, the venues, dealing with the audience members, dealing with especially bureaucracy and paperwork and stuff here in Russia. Mm-hmm. And he gladly takes on that golem Uh, daily. (laughs) So I would say like huge props to to Oleg. Then we have Gleb, Gleb Tugushev, who sadly moved away and stopped performing. But we performed together for three, four years and traveled together so much. And every idea, every joke I ever had, I could bounce off of him. He would help me structure it, help me write it, etc. Then we have Arun, Arun Hurana, my Mm. good friend and also comedy buddy, who would just kind of, he's a great comedy wingman, right? He would just be there for you. So I can Test my jokes off stage, on stage, and so yeah. on, just a good wingman. And finally, you as well, because we've traveled a lot yeah. together. We do this podcast. We also riff off each other. We check some ideas and stuff. And I think those kind of people, to find the right people, we don't have to have the whole like 15, 20 comedians of the scene or 500, 1000 yeah. comedians, but several people. That you just kind of feel comfortable enough with to share your jokes, your ideas, to workshop them a bit, to structure them a bit. And to, for example, what Oleg does to me a lot is he's like, oh my God, that joke doesn't work and it never worked. You know, why do you keep doing that joke? And I'm like, okay, I'll rewrite it. I'll fix it. I'll change it. But this joke is going to work. Yeah. And I take it as like a personal challenge, yeah. you know, like a personal competition, personal challenge to prove him wrong and yeah. to make sure that this joke can work, maybe not in current incarnation, but yeah. it can work after after some like Mm -hmm. changes and updates and so on have been done on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and and I agree with those people as well. You know, they've been been great to the scene. I think that's the good conclusion to this topic is basically Mm. the situation we have here and you are now experiencing with Spanish what we experienced with English like six, seven years ago is that, for example, in New York, in London, in Edinburgh, in Melbourne, etc., there is established scene, right? There is infrastructure. So yeah. even just being a lone wolf and doing it by yourself, if you do it well, if you find the right spots, if you find the right promoters, if you find the right instruments, you can yep. get ahead, yeah. right? On the other hand, and same is here with Russian. So Russians stand up in Russia, you don't need, but so because there is infrastructure, you can mm. get... Scouted by some agent, you can get. You can apply for one of those TV programs. You can record your own special for YouTube and have immediately an audience of I don't know how many 200 million Russian speakers around the world, yeah. etc. But uh, as for English, especially here in Moscow, and now Spanish is experiencing the same thing. Is the platform is us, the yeah. community is the platform. Yes. Only way to go up is by pushing each other. Yeah. So we push each other in terms of helping each other, workshopping, writing, giving advice, giving criticism, Mm -hmm. sometimes creative sometimes just for the sake of criticism, but still basically evaluating each other constantly, organizing stuff for each other and inviting each other when there is some. Plus, even outside stand up, people keep approaching me, comics and even audience with different offers, you know, like, oh, I have uh, some kind of voiceover work here Mm -hmm. or I have a YouTube show hosting job here or I have people help each other and people try to, you know, move the whole whole thing ahead. So at yeah. the end of the day, all of us would benefit from that when it uh, reaches a new level, and there would be more money, more exposure, more promotion, more opportunities and possibilities in that as well, which I think is uh, amazing that there is such kind of there there is potential, and that comes from the community actually, mm-hmm. not from the industry, not from the market, but from the from the community that we have. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with you, and. Um uh, at the end, yeah, I think it's just a—it's a generation. It's a, it's your attitude. Whether it's a community, whether it's toxic or supportive, the community versus competition, sort of, you know, or the integration of the two, it's all down to each person's attitude and
0: empathy and
1: understanding each other. So, if you come with about it in a healthy way, you're fine. If not, well, yeah, you're gonna have issues.
0: Yeah, I would say just uh, try to put yourself in someone else's shoes when you're commenting on their work, on their whatever, because basically. Yeah, I think it depends on your motivation, on your goals. You can approach the same thing in different ways. Just respect the what other people are doing at the same time. Right. Well, I think that will wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Also, feel free to
1: comment on any of our social media platforms. All of them are at The Comedy Kiosk. So that's Facebook, that's Instagram, that's Twitter, or directly on Podbean. You can also write comments there to our platform where we upload our episodes. So thank you very much once again for listening. Also, we have Patrick. Patreon, if you want to donate some money. If you don't, then please, we ask the next best thing is that you share us with your friends. If there's a particular episode you think they'll enjoy, please go ahead and go for it. And any suggestions you can make on the comment section, that'd be greatly appreciated.
0: Also, like, follow, and rate our podcast on whatever platform you are listening us on. That would also help us greatly in reaching some new exposure and numbers. Okay. Thank Thank you so much for listening. I've been Igor Mundy. And I've been David Munoz. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Ciao.